Nobody thinks about like two old people having sex. That's gross. What? What? What is going on here? <laughs> we're, we're, this is this. this is different. What are we? Now doing? we're just choosing the lesser of two evils. Oh wait, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> now you definitely have to edit. Now. You are now listening to Not Safe for Church, a Pewology podcast original series. Are we airing this? Welcome back. Uh, so we're back for another installment of Pewology's not safe for church, correct? And we're continuing our discussion today on um, the LGBTQ world and specifically same-sex attraction. And I have with me two good friends today. I have with me my buddy, Eric, who is um, serving as student minister of the Vine Church and Osceola County's FCA director. Oh, no pressure. And then I also have with me my good buddy, Jason Daniels, who is down from New York, upstate New York. Spencerport. Is that, is it, was that like a town? Spencerport's outside of Rochester, a little west. A little west of Ro- Rochester? west of Rochester. You know, okay. Side note. My wife's doing this thing now where she has this Facebook group where she looks at, um, they're called For the Love of Old Homes. Hmm. Did your wife do this? No. Okay. For the Love of, it's like this thing. And so I get a daily like update now of an old home that goes on listing somewhere, like a, a realtor listing. Okay. And all the old homes in upstate New York are super cheap. You can buy a mansion up there. Yeah, come up. I'm serious, man. You can buy like, like there's like eight bedroom homes for like two hundred thousand dollars. It's crazy. What's going on up there? Just nobody. It's too cold for anybody to live up there. Oh, not in one of those homes. <laughs> the heating prices to heat that is ridiculous. Oh, so. I didn't think about that. Yeah, you wouldn't. You're from Florida, so uh, that's right. I didn't think about it. just to heat that sucker's like. A, <laughs> it's like a million dollars a year. Okay, so down from. Uh, outside of Rochester is a Wesleyan pastor, local pastor of a flock. And so today I've got pastor and youth pastor and pastor weighing in on the complicated issue of homosexuality in the local church. Ba-bam. Boom. Okay. So let's start with, um, do, is, is this currently a problem, like an issue for you? Or is this, do you see this as a coming issue in your part of neck of the woods? Or, and by issue, I mean, do you currently have homosexual congregants? And what's going on up there? Yeah, no, we, um, you just put a sign out front that says, yeah. <laughs> welcome or not welcome. What? No, we don't do that. <laughs> um, I've had some conversations. Some interesting conversations of uh, members of the church that want to know. Your I, so, I, so I, yeah, I started about six months ago with this congregation, and um, I've had p- members blatantly want to know and ask, "Where we? You know, where do you stand on this?" What's the typical reason they're asking you? Is it because they want to know that you're for it, or they want to know that you're against it? It. De- I think it definitely depends. So, so some. <laughs> In a specific situation that I'm thinking of, uh, this person has someone that they loved very dearly who was. So So they're pro. Yeah. And if I, well, not so much pro, but they just wanted to make sure that I wasn't anti. 
well, <laughs> mad, militant, oh, man, mean. Are, that's very general. Yeah, yeah, mean. Like where, where, where was my heart here? Was okay. I closed to loving everybody the way that Christ does? Okay. And I think that uh, so. Fortunately, I think I answered her question well enough to where she didn't leave the church. But uh, what but that, kind of what, what kind of was. middle of the road? Just cheese fest did you give her? Uh, <laughs> nah, stop. Come on. No, I, I think I, I answered it honestly as far okay. as saying, you know, I believe I believe what scripture teaches is that it's a sin. Okay. Um, but I look at it um, in the same sense of a besetting sin with uh, even addiction. Okay. Or, you know, I I, that, I think because of my background, that's kind of my default, like how I'm, I kind of compare things and everything compares to a yeah, for you. Yeah. Like well, everything, yeah. everything's booze. <laughs> well, <you>. not booze. <laughs> so yeah. Great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, I just want to, okay, this is something that, that that's what I struggled with. Okay. It was addiction. And how did the church love me in that sin as I was trying to, um, as I was trying to live a life of Christ and there was this duality and, um, but at the same time I wasn't rationalizing that I wasn't trying to make believe that my addiction wasn't sin or trying to, you know, justify it as not being sin. So that's kind of my stance whenever I'm sharing this and talking to, uh, members of the congregation is that, you know, I believe it's sin, but I don't believe that it's the sin that we need to make this stance on and, in a way that uh, that that pushes people away from Christ. Okay, okay. Now, Eric, you're dealing with students in FCA at the local high schools, and then you're also dealing with students here at this church. And and I think you have a neat, like I think you have a unique vantage point on the issue because think about it. Most of the people who are trying to deal with their sexuality are doing it at that point. So they're coming into their personal sexuality, they're coming into puberty, they're 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 dealing with this whole awakening of okay, what's 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 the deal with this same sex attraction that I'm dealing with. And so I feel like you got a, like a unique vantage point that the rest of us don't have. We get the aftermath like you're at the very beginning. I don't even know if unique is right because I don't know if you're not if you're not involved with it. I don't know. I don't even know if you have an idea of what homosexuality is even viewed as uh, with the younger generation. So I remember it's about five years ago. I was at a local high school. I was at a football practice, and as the football team. Again, think of your stereotypes of football players. And as the football team was leaving the field, one football player was talking to another football player about how good he could perform a certain act on another male. And I remember just sitting there going, did I just hear that? Mm -hmm. And like, was that serious? Yeah. And, And the kid was dead serious. So, um man in 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 this younger generation sexuality has just become i mean you know old heads they get upset at target or whatever else cuz whoever is going to the bathroom and everything else but this is really where where this generation is at it's it's uh i don't know what the right word would be fluid so i feel like it, let's at least admit where we're at right i feel like what you're saying too is what you just articulated, Jay, as which would which I which I would say would be a 
pretty predominant uh, middle-of-the-road answer from a Protestant minister in a fairly conservative denomination, right? Sure. Okay. I, th- I, th- I think you, you that's kind of articulate. Fair. Yeah, that's fair, right? <laughs> I think that is so far removed from the generation that he's currently – what do we call them now? We call them the – What are they? I think they're like Gen Z or something. Gen Z, okay. Yeah. So the, that generation – thinks that is completely out to lunch. They, it's like, it, you might as well still believe in slavery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not you a, know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. when I talk to even my kids, like I remember having this conversation with my son for the first time when he was in high school, and he was like, what? Like, he was so surprised at my articulation of that yeah. that he was like, uh, yeah, that's definitely not what the whole world believes, Dad. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think that that's the – I don't think that that would be the reason, though, to, to ignore no, 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 that. No, no, or no, try no, to... no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying let's admit where we're at. Right. I'm not, I'm not I'm saying, hey, the world's against us. Let's make a change yeah. now. Like, that can't be the reason we're like, hey, we're rethinking this now because the world decided. But I think we do have to take that into consideration whenever we do approach this with the, with the next generation is to say, okay, so how do we, how do we bridge that gap? You know, how do we, how do we, how do we show them that just because the world does view it this way? Why do you think the gap's so big now? Because it, it felt like it happened quick. It happened real quick. I mean, most people say it happened, like people are pinpointing it now. They're saying 2014, 2015, there was this seismic shift, you know, um, in this younger generation, whether that be college campuses and down. So um, I, I really don't know. And And look, I'm, you know. FCA right now has, we've got over 2,000 missionaries in the field in sports ministry. And um, we had a a national conference last year in Atlanta. Uh, We had the president of FCA down here a couple months ago. And one of the things that we're asking them is, is how are we going to tackle this going forward? Because we go into public school campuses and... um, John comes up and says, I want to be a part of student leadership. We have him fill out, um, you know, a student leadership application and they have to agree to certain things and there's certain standards that they have to hold to as student leaders. And one of the things that is on there is, you know, you cannot be practicing homosexuality. Now, we also say, you know, you can't you can't be having sex with your girlfriend either. But um, th- that's one of those hot button issue. So I, I feel like we're kind of sitting on a powder keg, even, even as a super, I mean, 65 plus year ministry. And we still haven't realized this shift that happened Mm -hmm. three or four years ago. So articulate for me. I mean, Jason's articulate. He, he has the freedom of being the senior pastor at a local church and getting to like articulate his view. Could you articulate for me the FCA view? Not your view, but the FCA stance on this. I don't think I don't think I could. I don't think I could articulate the <laughs> FCA stance. I'm not. I'm not putting. <laughs> do you just think it's it's a little wishy washy, or do you just think it's not unclear? Or what? The- no, no. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's unclear. I think. Um, again, this is. A, I think it's an ongoing conversation. It's so, evolving. It's evolving. Yeah, now. I think it's one okay. of those things. Now, now, look. You know. Um, Scripture is scripture. I think that's what you were alluding to. You know, that's not going to change. Culture is going to change. People, society, our views of things may change, but scripture remains the same. That said, 
we're dealing with what, what you just said. We're dealing with an age group that is coming into their sexuality. You know, they're going through puberty. They're, they're dealing with all these things that we've always dealt with now on a hyper level that we've, that no generation has ever had to deal with. And we're going into those locker rooms and, and we're, you know, meeting these kids and in the classrooms and everything else. And the truth of the matter is in sports, I think it's probably always been that way. But if you haven't been on a high school campus, there's certain sports that are just known as highly homosexual sports, especially on the girls' side of things. There's just certain girls' sports that you just know probably 75% of this team is probably going to be you know, gay girls. So I feel like we always have to be very careful to walk that very fine line of not closing a door before it needs to be, you know, make friends, hopefully shake hands before you hit that hot button issue. Okay. And and that's the hardest thing to walk because a lot of times people want to hit that, hit that red button and start it off right from the beginning. All right. So let's break this down and let's go slow. All right. And this is not meant to entrap anybody. Okay. <laughs> this is not meant to like hold you feet apart, but it, we're in a safe I, place. I want this. Yeah. This is a safe, safe place. place. And, and, and feel free, like, you know, anybody listening to this know that these guys have had no prep. I haven't asked, told them what I'm going to ask them. And give us all a little grace as we kind of think this through, right? All right. So you said, hey, my stance is this is sin, right? What's sin? What specifically is the sin? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, I, don't, I don't know that the, necessarily the – the sexual orientation or the attraction is the sin. Right. Um, I believe the lifestyle, the, the the participating in the sexual act of homosexuality, is the so sin. So it, it's the it's it's homosexual sex, sex, uh, homosexual lust. So not just sex, but the um, sex of the mind. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so let's fantasizing things. Yeah. So let's, let, this is just me pushing back just to try That's to right. get yeah. the answers out, right? So do would you concede then? Because it seemed like you opened the door there at the beginning. Would you concede then that people are born gay? Well, yeah, that's putting words in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we're born sinners. Okay, we're born sinners. Fair enough. And we could, we are could, could you be born with the orientation, right? Hmm. I I mean I guess again not to to go go back to addiction. So there's studies that are you know is this genetic? Is yeah. this environment? Yeah. What is the deal that leads to this? Um. You know, there, then there's, there's also, I've, I've heard, and I don't know how scientifically right this is. So, oh boy, so but I love it when we, we you get know, science uh, yeah. and we have no clue. Of it. I saw this on YouTube. <laughs> hey, but I gave the disclaimer, right? I'm, I'm admitting my ignorance, so it's okay. But I mean, you look at genetically, if you're going to go to genetics and say, well, wouldn't this work itself out genetically if, if uh, homosexuality was a genetic predisp- predisposition? Well, procreation is between man and woman so genetically would that oh, i don't so you're assuming that it's passed down from homosexual to homosexual if it well if it was, if it was and it was yeah. passed down from homosexual yeah, to homosexual would it wouldn't it just die off kind of a concept um so i, I 
you know, I, now, I, I'm glad you put the disclaimer out before that. Okay, good. Go ahead. What does it sound like? Uh, I was, well, was going to say insane, but go ahead. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I just go back to the, I think we're born sinners. I think that there uh, do, do people that, um, that have, have others even let's just stay in the realm of sexual sin. sin sure. Okay. Shoot. Do you know what I mean? Are, are people born pedophiles? Right. Are people born, um, sadists or, right. you know, all these different, uh, things that, um, that can have Tracked a little object, different perversions yeah. okay. of God design. So I, I guess I would kind of, I don't know. I don't know if I know the answer to that, but I would probably, I would try to, look at it in the same in the same view that um we are all born sinners and and i don't think just because we're born that way means we need to stay that way okay so okay well, let's go slow sorry yeah, no that's fair enough and okay let, i'm gonna let you weigh into it before we jump too far like what what do you think on this like can can people be born with the same sex attraction and it and i know that's a tough question to answer because maybe that kind of is at the stance is unfolding for some of your work, but what do you, what are your just personal thoughts on it right now with the grace that it could be unfolding for you too? No, absolutely. Spe- speaking for myself, Eric, as an individual, right? I tend to lean towards the side that people can be born gay. Okay. So are all people, are all gay people born that way? I would say no. Okay. I think that there's definitely... And, and I don't mean to be insensitive by this, but I think there's definitely a, um, a cultural trend maybe or, or something along those lines when it comes to homosexuality. But I know from personal experience, I have a, I had an uncle who was born in the early 50s. And if you look at black and white pictures of him when he was three years old, yeah. four years old. You spotted him. Oh, <laughs> You know what I mean, and 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 I and I, and I honestly, I don't your, that, your gaydar was going, yeah. your gaydar was going off through pictures yeah. and through uh, and, absolutely. Oh my gosh, and if great. you hear if you hear our family stories about you right. know, and and I mean, look, if we're honest, I think we all know someone, you know, whether that's that, family or that, friend once or whatever they came out, else. Like that was not a surprise. Yeah, you know, you know, you're not surprised by it. Now, you know, and I don't, I, me personally, I've never had to do like any deep theological wrestling with that. Like how could people be born gay? Um, lots of things happen that, that was never the uh, original blueprint. Right. So, uh, so you chalk. Okay. So let's let, let, let me pause for a second. Cause so let me say some, ge- like some generic thoughts that we've been kind of mulling over as a group for the last couple of weeks. And, and I want to bring you guys up to speed on some of that so that you guys can think this through too with me. One of the things that sticks out to me about human sexuality and in is that we, we're typically we're kind of driven as humans to get black and white two plus two answers, mm-hmm. right? So even the questions are set up: Can people be born gay? It's like you know, it's like either you're gay or you're not gay. You know, it's like there's this there's not a thought of a continuum. It's more of like you're either in or you're out, right? But we know that that's not reality, or at least it's not what we see in our current world. It's that's not the reality. There's tends to be much more going on. And we also know that there's this really, we're at only at the cusp of the understanding this very complicated makeup between the nature and nurture 
uh, deal that goes on with human sexuality, right? I mean, think about the physical, the nature side of things, the physical side of things. You've got, you got, like right now, the big thing is about gender, right? It's understanding gender. And, and I, I listened to a TED talk yesterday where they're able to now um, map the differences, actual physical differences between a male and a female human brain, right? Yeah. Science. Absolute scientific science. difference, neuroscience difference. Like, and they can now show the dip that they have female brains inside of males, right? That's there's a disconnect between the brain and the the genitalia. And for everybody that's listening, to that that's a super conservative Christian that thinks that's a whole setup. I'll send you the I'll put the TED talk in the notes or something. You can go listen to it yourself. <laughs> but here here's the crazy part, right? Like people, like not just that. Like in the on the nature side, people are born all the time with there's a whole section of the population that are born with what would be called ambiguous genitalia at birth, which means remember that testes and ovaries are the same thing. It's just a, like this, you know, thing that happens inside of utero that creates this difference. And, and, you know, we're going this way and that way, you know, from male and female. And so that's not done or it's not done right. Or people are born with both genitalia and, there are doctors making decisions for people, whether they're going to be male or female, experience sure. that in life. Sure. And so then, yeah. like, yeah. what if the doctor decides the wrong thing? And yeah. then they like boys, but they were really a girl to begin with, but now they're a boy. It's like crazy, right? That's just the nurture side. I mean, that's the nature side. That's not to mention the nurture side, which is all the other stuff that happens to us in life emotionally, spiritually, chemically, relationally, that shapes our thinking, shapes our minds, that determines our sexuality, because we have all these sexual dysfunctions. Sure. You know, I mean, crazy sexual dysfunctions. Like, people are attracted to, like, like you ever watch, like, My Strange Addiction? It's like, people are, there's, there's somebody out there who's doing everything, right? It's like, right. there's people out there eating Clorox, and, like, people are licking lead paint, like, they're... they're Sleeping eating. with hair dryers? Yeah, it's I like, saw what, that one, yeah, that was... What is happening, right? So... I always like the eating drywall and the eating the couch. The, the lady that eats yeah, the eat, couch in a year, <laughs> yeah. just piece by no, piece. What is that called? Pika? Pika, where they eat, yeah. eat like, I mean, come on. Okay, so with that said, I think it's a horrible setup. And I think this is one of the reasons the church is losing the argument on this, or losing its footing on this, is because the church wants to see things in black and white, male, female, Right. Uh, gay, straight language, and we're not ready to go, wait a minute, hold on. It's so much more complicated than that. And the scientific world's going, not only is it more complicated than that, but we're able to prove that in a very scientific, you know, kind of methodology here that we're working out to help, you know, we can see this in our physical world. We can test this and prove this, you know? I mean, think about it. We used to have like, what, XXXY chromosomes that divided men. But you know now that like they can have XXX chromosomes. Mm-hmm. Women can be born with or men can be born. And, and XY women and XY men. and it's, it's crazy. Like what used to be this very, you're in this silo or this silo and you like this or like this, it's now not that. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons we it's so difficult to navigate this argument is because we don't just say, wait a minute, we don't know. We don't know all the answers of how this works. And to define it in this very like broad sweeping statements of like, well, this is sin. And it's like, uh, what exactly is the sin? Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? 
What do you think? Yeah, and that's I, I wasn't trying to, uh, you know, write a fence with some of those kinds of responses. I think that I'm trying to take into account that I don't understand all of the things that go into this. Right. I have to believe at some point, though, that Christ can make a difference in all of those scenarios. Okay. And so by by coming back to the concept of being born sinners, um, regardless of where you're at and regardless of, of the way that you're attracted to what... So I was just reading something... Uh, recently that was talking about um, sex being a right and how yeah. we can kind of look at like, oh, my, my sexuality and, and, be, and being able to have sex is a right of mine and how that wasn't, it's, it's, it's really not um, according to this article that I was reading um, that, you know, that, that sex is not just something that we get to kind of say, well, this is, this is my right to do that. It was a gift that it's given and and this particular author wrote it in a way to say it was given for procreation. Now, there's benefits of within a marriage to have that intimacy with uh, within marriage. And they even got into like the infertility. Like, so what happens in a marriage when there's no infertility? You, you marry the wrong person. You don't stop. You know what I mean? <laughs> <You're> <laughs> not, <laughs> you divorce them. No, 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 no. You can't do that. <laughs> uh, uh, or, you know, or even being involved in a marriage. And they were using the... Um, even the defense of saying, if you're in a marriage where there's there there's not a lot of love, um, and and saying that you don't just get to decide a divorce because there's not that either. But it, anyway, um, back to they were very sided towards sex for procreation, not ignoring the intimacy, not ignoring the benefits of of that in the in the right setting. But um, but somehow we've kind of we've kind of adopted this thought that it's my, it's my right to have sex. So even if you're prone or born or um, pre-genetically disposed to liking someone of the opposite sex, and we see in, in, in scripture where it is called a sin, then there's a choice to make right. whether we're going to participate in that or, or whether we abstain. Same thing in singleness. Um, when we are in heterosexual sin right. of, boy, I am super attracted to the opposite sex. I'm not married. And guess what? If I follow that and I act upon that, um, then I'm engaging in another sexually immoral behavior by not doing it in the confines of marriage. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. So... So let's this is something we've been exploring a little bit that I that I've been kind of challenging the other groups to think through. So let's let's say that and I'm not saying I'm right. Let's let's go down the road that maybe there's something here. Okay? So I preface what I'm about to say with maybe there's something here. All right. So if there is all of this um kind of gender and sexual, and I'm going to use religious terms here, brokenness, meaning that it's broken from a perfect original design. So, and I think that's how Christians think, right? So we look at it and go black, white, male, female, gay, straight. Like we look at it in very black and white terms because I think we're presented from scripture that 
that God had created things with a certain design, sure. right? And that his design was very clear, right? And very uh, in those silos, right? So if that's changed, I don't think that's, that's that the conversation's over, right? I think you're on to something. I don't think the conversation's over because that would mean that we have to, as believers, explore not the individual's personal sin, but what they're experiencing as a result of sin, meaning sin in the world. Sure. Because the Bible speaks about the concept that as sin entered the world, it spread like an infection and it and ruined everything. Not just, not just our thinking and not just our wills, but all of creation has been corrupted in some way, right? Yeah. Which would lead me to believe then it's not that surprising that people are born with what Christians would look at and say – a sexual brokenness, right? I mean, people are born with mental disease and mental brokenness. People right. are born with physical disease right. and physical brokenness, right? And the only explanation for that that Christians would ultimately give on a grand scale is that sin has entered the world and has corrupted, you know, everything, including procreation at some level, right. right? So it's not that surprising that people be born broken sexually. What do you think? No, I think I think that does make sense. I think that... Um. Yeah, I, I would have no issue going going down, down that road. road with you a what little bit. Think? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the road I'm on, brother. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you're driving in that car uh, on that road already. Yeah, I mean, I'm very. I, I think I think the more that the church gets involved, um, with people in the quote unquote LGBTQ community. The more you sit and you talk to a 15-year-old um, or an 18-year-old or a 25-year-old or whatever, the more that you get involved in people's lives, um, some of that black and white becomes very gray very quick when you start to see the individual and and you're not able to just kind of write it off so easy, I guess you would say. so In those like really delineated, you know juxtaposed yeah. category. Even even you talking about the silos, I, I think the silos were always there. Obviously, they've come crumbling down. But the individuals that are here in 2018, they were just stuck in those silos in 1940. You know, they were, you know, that- It was there, it was just undercover. I believe so, yeah. I mean, which, I mean the infection, not, not just- you can't see me personally. So not just homosexuality, all infection of sin has been there from the jump. So it, you know, it's not like it just manifested no. in 2014. I think we see it on a, yeah, 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 on yeah, a yeah, greater yeah. level now, but you know, they well, were just, we were, we were sticking them in the silo and just kind of keeping them there. Well, you look when Paul's addressing this, even to the, uh, to the letter in Romans, do you know what I mean? To the letter, uh, to the church in Romans, uh, Rome, uh, that, you know, he's addressing a cultural thing that was widely expected, uh, accepted amongst the Greeks and hor horrific yeah, yeah, they were big acts guys. of sin yeah, yeah. there. My favorite line there in that second chapter or that first chapter, or whatever it is, there, yeah. he goes, even the men. Yeah, even the men. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, sorry, even the women. Oh, sorry. even the women. Yeah, even the women. Oh. As if like the men jumped right in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of yeah. course. Like, even, yeah. Even yeah. The women finally gave up. Yeah. <laughs> they went over to the dark side. <laughs> I love it so good. Um, okay, so so if we go down that road, 
then there are some things that happen logically that I think become uncomfortable for the Christian community that we have to navigate. One would be that if if you're you're you're, you're sitting there dialoguing with a person who is who believes themselves to be gay, born with a same-sex attraction. And then we go and we're from a Christian worldview going, well, "Okay, we can we can wrap our brains around that because we believe sin is entered the world and broken everything and and you use the word like, "Hey, I think people are born in sin." And I think that's sure. accurate. I sure. think you were just a little more broad sweeping in your strokes, but it's accurate, right? People are born in brokenness. So, if that's the case, then it's a really tough thing to navigate, especially with a young person. I think two, the two ends of the train, the young and the really further along in their relationship, because think about what's happening. You're looking at a person, you're saying, hey, you didn't choose this. Um, this has happened uh, by no doing of your own. You have been, uh, this is an affliction to the, for the most part. It's the result of sin. It's not your act of sin. It will be if you act on it, but it's not your the right. desire. Right, the desire. Yeah, right. And so this is a very challenging thing, right? So as a pastor and as a youth pastor, this is where it gets so challenging because really we want to compare it to every other sin. But I've been exploring, not promoting, but exploring like, is it really like every other sin? Because really what you're saying is like we you compared it to do things really quickly. You said, you know, like, you know, uh, single people that are uh, sexually promiscuous outside of marriage. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, but it really is a different discussion because if I'm talking to you and you're single, yeah. I'm like, hey, <laughs> but Paul has advice for singles. Yeah. He's like, if you can't go get married, <laughs> right? what's the advice right. for the person that's like 19, 20, believes themselves to have same-sex attraction as part of their sexual makeup, just the way I'm heterosexual, they're homosexual. It's the result of sin, not their activity and sin of that desire. What's your advice to how to live the rest of their life? Yeah, I mean, I think um, so. I think it is unfair to compare something like homosexuality, especially practicing homosexuality, um, <clears throat> to something like heterosexual temptation. Right. As far as apples to apples, right. um, the reason that I kind of liken it to addictions whether it be substance uh porn um gambling is because that's it is a completely different i was just i was listening to a james mcdonald sermon on this where he was talking about and he and he pointed out this isn't just like any other sin we like we kind of compare it to it, it but but i think there are similarities in some aspects in some aspects to to this uh addict the bondage okay the bondage that uh, that become that that comes with that sin. Um, when you look at the the lifestyles of of practicing homosexuals, and they find community in a homosexual community, and you look at the the alcoholic that finds community in the bar, and these are um, the counterfeits of what like the the church has completely failed in. I don't want to say there's probably churches doing this good, but I think in general, the church has failed in being able to be a community to people that are struggling with these types of sins. That's a heavy deal. You know, Yeah. how do we compete whenever you can walk into a bar 
knowing how much of a jerk you were the night before and people completely forgiving you and buying you drinks and wrapping their arms around you and saying, Hey, come on in, you know, whenever we do that, more grace. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a level of grace. There's (laughs) There's a level of grace in that. It's crazy. Uh, and the same, I think the same thing, since we're talking about homosexuality, I mean, I think you find a commute, there's community of support and, and for life in love and acceptance. And I don't know that it's, I think it's broken love. I don't know. Uh, but there, but there's, they're more loving people. I'm sure that they're finding in those communities than when they come into a church and they sense judgment and condemnation. I think it's a big statement. What do you think over there? I mean, the idea of telling someone that's, I mean, so the practicality is from a pastoral standpoint, if you're, if, if I didn't answer your question, I'm sorry, but I'm saying if you're holding to the, the, think about it, if you're holding to, Hey, the desire is not really the sin, right? The desire can be something that's part of the formation of sexuality. That's beyond what we all understand. I think even science agrees with this, right? Like if you sit down with like, you know, a geneticist or science, they're like, Hey, we're at the cusp of understanding this. We don't fully understand this yet. We're, we're uncovering daily new things about how sexuality is made up and the human body's made up and the mind's made up and how they interplay together and blah, blah, blah. Right. So I don't think it's, I think we just admit it. Like the church just needs to admit we don't fully understand yeah. how sexuality is made up. Yeah. I think it'd be a beautiful first step. Yeah. Beautiful first step. We don't like, we don't get it. Cause I just feel like every time we talk about this, we sound like the church, you know, back w- that was arguing you know, that the that the sun revolved around the earth. Right, <laughs> you know right, 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 you know, right, right. We're just right. waiting to get proved wrong with whatever crazy <laughs> right. silos right. we're wait, coming wait, wait. up with. It doesn't? <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, man, come on. Okay, so, but with that said, it's a very difficult conversation to start with a young person because really what you're, what you're left with then on the practicality of pastoral counsel to an individual is uh, you're going to choose um, celibacy. Yeah. So you're talking to a 19-year-old and you're saying, hey, man, no physical intimate relationship for you, yeah. for your life. I, I'll tell you, I know, I know a brother involved in student ministry that was open in his homosexual lifestyle, raised in the church, went to a, a Christian college, got the degree on the wall, everything else. Um, and, you know, in his own words, he's, he's decided to be celibate. He would, he would consider himself homosexual, um, but he would consider acting upon it sinful. Um, and I've tried to talk to him several times just to have conversations because I, what you said I think is huge in that um, how how big how big of a first step would it be if we just said we don't know yeah. <laughs> like like for real like we were just like look guys we were probably kind of a little bit off on this and you know there there definitely are some clear cut areas but we're not even necessarily sure how to navigate it because. When I've had conversations, I, I think this a, a lot of times, especially in the 30 and above side of this, I think what we forget about is not just the physicality, the sexual physicality of homosexuality. We forget about the emotional intimacy. Yeah. 
You know, so like, connection. yeah. So when you're telling a 19 year old, well, you can't act upon your quote unquote urges. You're also telling them you're not going to be able to ha- unless, yeah, unless you choose the other side, you're not going to be able to have that personal intimacy with another human being. And look, I'm not on either side of that. I'm just saying, like, I think that's one of those things that we have overlooked, and that's that's a huge thing. I mean, for all of us as human beings, that's a huge thing. So if we let's take let's, I'm going to challenge us to navigate the rest of this conversation, accepting the belief that I think is going to be scientifically proven in our lifetime that sexuality, um, it's you're not going to have someone who's born either with a gender issue or sexuality issue of same sex attraction or attraction to the opposite sex, right? And then somehow. They're just like, you know, they get they pray really hard and they 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 don't have that issue anymore. Um, besides a miracle, outside of a miracle, meaning that a, a, a you know a legitimate God intervention that that's not something they can physically change. Like they're going to be com- the, they won't be completely delivered from the the desire or the attraction. Is that where yeah you're going? That, that 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 just as I could not choose one day to be like gonna like dudes right wait you're saying you can't do that <laughs> i can't do that <laughs> and so just that that the idea of of a homosexual saying well we're just gonna pray really hard and think about it and just work towards it and one day you're gonna like the opposite sex is in our lifetime going to be kind of like proven to be kind of scientifically ridiculous okay now that may be wrong for the sake of this conversation, let's pretend that that's going to happen. All right, I'll go with you. Then. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, so with that said, that does create some real challenges that that I think we need to na- we, we got to get out in front of. You got to navigate now because then you're left with you know the issue of like, well, the only really issue then is celibacy. And if celibacy is the only issue, Paul does have a lot to say about celibacy, and most of it isn't good. Most of it's like celibacy is great if you can do it. Most of you can't get married, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep, keep going. Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean he says uh, a lot of good things about singleness, too. <laughs> no, I'm saying he says it's great. It's great. I wish you all could be single, mm-hmm. but you can't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and so since you can't, Go get yourself a wife, right? That's literally what – that's the message version. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Eugene. The mic version. Yeah, okay. So, boom. There you go. Um, so, with that said, that's a tough – that's a tough pastoral conversation to navigate for a pastor to look at another individual and say, now, I want you to think about the burden of that statement. To tell somebody, hey, you're going to live the rest of your life with very little options on this. Well, I think <clears throat> you told me to think, so maybe I should stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really want to just pour out. <laughs> so, uh, so back up to Paul's statement. Okay, I, I'm I'm in this season of life where I believe that you have to take into context okay. what enough. he's saying and why he's saying it. Fair enough. And to who he's writing it to, and he's not addressing homosexuality. No, he's not. Absolutely not. 
I know that you've given a lot of precursors to that. Yes. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know that it's fair to it's take that. It's not apples to apples. Absolutely. I don't know that we could take that and, and, and base what we... But if I, if I back up to another statement that you were talking about as far as saying now, is that fair to say to someone who is bent this way right. that now you, you cannot have this level of intimacy for the rest of your life. And, and this kind of surrounds, I guess, the, the idea, again, of the right to have sex or the right to, to experience that. Um, it'd be, and I, I'm just going to keep reverting back to addiction. Um, it'd be like somebody telling me, well, man, that sucks. Somebody telling you, you can't get high anymore. That there is this bent in me that desires to alter my <laughs> my mind and my experiences in life that I enjoyed so much whenever you know I was in that life of sin and once I have come out of that lifestyle there is no weeping in me for not getting high anymore there's no weeping in me from from not being able to get drunk it's tough sometimes there's times where <laughs> I've got four kids now and <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get high. There's a church opening in Colorado. Yeah. Man. Uh so and I'm and I'm a part of a denomination that uh you know practices abstinence. And they uphold abstinence from from things that aren't even sin. Like what? Well, if you so practice abstinence from drinking, there's no you can't drink if you're a pastor. No drinking in the Wesleyan Church for a pastor. Wow. Yeah, and so it's a I and even as a recovered okay, so even as and I call myself a recovered addict. (laughs) 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 Well, I'll pray for you. (laughs) I'll pray for you. Um, But even as a recovered addict, like I believe that that's not that's not I don't think it's a sin to have a drink. Right. But I've made that choice to abstain. So. We're getting off track there a little bit. Um, so I don't. It would. It would even with all the legalization of everything going on, even with alcohol being legal. That's like me trying to tell somebody that's a, that's an alcoholic. Man, my my heart just breaks for you that you can't have another drink anymore. Well, let me let me tell you how it's different. Okay. Okay. So help let me how it t- help t- me. T- it's different. How it's different in sexuality, right? So think, uh, and this is going to get a little. We're about to get a little health class going right mm. now, but like, think about how this works, right? When you were a young person, and I'm not, I'm trying to be gross here, but I'm just, it's reality, right? You, we, when you formulated your attraction, like you went through puberty and you were attracted to the opposite sex because you both are heterosexual males, right? That attraction took form, whether conscious or unconscious. Almost immediately. Make sense? And there was a sexual release that took place, whether conscious or unconscious. Are you with me? Everybody's following this health class? I'm waiting for Eric to say yes first. (laughs) I'm I'm shaking my head. (laughs) Eric, what do you think? (laughs) But you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So here's my argument. Right. It's a very difficult thing to navigate because when you're talking to someone at a very young age and you're saying, hey, you're going to have to um, abstain, embrace celibacy. The, the big challenge here is they can try to do that consciously. 
but subconsciously that will not be possible. Sure. Uh, when I, by subconscious, I mean in dream state or whether that's just in, you know, daydream or whatever. Right. It's not completely possible. And it's not possible that they'll go their whole life without a sexual release. In fact, I, 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 and I asked Conscious this, or unconscious? Conscious or unconscious, both. I think even conscious. I, I asked the other guys this. I said, <laughs> I had a whole group of guys in there. And I said, raise your hand if you, <laughs> if you have not had a private, personal release if in your life. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Or even in your marriage, while right. you've been married. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like the idea of saying to another individual, you're going to go your whole life without this. Right. Number one, it's not completely possible. I know of no one. Right. No, no, no. I'm not. Yeah. I'm... So you, we're, our, our base. So what I'm saying is our basic remedy for this is you're going to send privately now because you're going to lust privately. We know it's going to happen. Stay in the silo. Yeah. I think there's, I think there is a difference between, I think there is a difference because we're talking about conscious and unconscious stuff. So heterosexual or homosexual having uh nocturnal emissions <laughs> i think is what scripture calls it is, right i don't think scripture calls it that but no <laughs> google it let's see it right I don't now he said, he said google it <laughs> <laughs> so good I, right. I think that was i will us, but I'll, i you know what i'll concede uh, i'll concede if it's not in there lord forgive me <laughs> For adding to your word, <laughs> okay. Uh, but let's go there. Okay, so if if that happens at night unconsciously, no, I'm not saying that. What I'm okay. saying is, is if you hold the two things up, number one, it is going to happen unconsciously. But I'm saying to you, what guy, heterosexual guy, do you know of? Well, I think it's. I would. I so I will go down that road and say that even a heterosexual guy that's doing that is sinning. Yeah. Okay. So is so basically what we're saying is hey, you're just gonna send privately. Well what do you how do how do we raise teenagers, homosexual or heterosexual? We know they're sinners. But what I'm saying is so so how do you raise do we just do we just permit that kind of behavior because they can't control themselves? But don't say it like that. Okay. Don't say like they can't control themselves. Can anyone? Dang it! Nocturnal emissions is in the is in Deuteronomy. Thank you. <laughs> These Wesleyan pastors are on point. Um, <laughs> can anybody? I didn't. So I, I would not be judging. I'm not judging for the, I'm saying, how do we raise our children? What are the, the hopes that people can have victory over that? I have to believe that if I, I'm raising my kids not to, not to do a lot of things that, <laughs> that I did do. But here's the thing, wrong. like when it comes to sexuality and the expression of sexuality, right? Sure. It should the goal, uh, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to permit anything. I'm sure. saying, but is sure. the goal really like never have any sort of sexual 
whether it be fantasy, whether it be reality, whether it be physicality, whatever, release it all unless it's in the confines of the marriage. And that's the goal. Okay, that's the silo. That's the goal. But is that in anybody's mind possible? I I have to have hope that there is. When we have now, how, why is this, I wish you could see the video. I wish you could see the look. I'm just saying on bro, this guy's face. I, mean, I asked a group of guys, all that are 30 and older, if they haven't had if they haven't had any release without their wives in their marriage. They couldn't. Nobody could admit to that. So, so what I'm saying is, what you're saying is, is it possible? To not sin in this way, is it possible to not for a, a heterosexual? Let's just take heterosexuals, right? Is it possible? Is it possible for you to? Because number one, okay, so right, yeah, I you got to get the hand motion there. We, <laughs> we are we're doing audio, and sorry, <laughs> this is the mistake of inviting me. Here. <laughs> Great narration. So self pleasure, right? Right, self pleasure. Let's let's identify it. Is it a sin? Is, is it a sin? Is self, yeah, I'm asking. Is self-pleasure a sin? Well, it's the expression of sexuality outside the confines of marriage. It's it's self-sex. So I would say that that has to be under the, at least under the category of lust. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So it's a sin. So it's a sin. I, I have to believe in my heart of hearts that through Christ that you could resist that temptation. Mm. See, that's where this is, you know, this is the problem. What? I figured out where the problem is. It's a theological problem. See, this is the problem between the Wesleyans and the Reformers. Oh, here we go. Do you see what I'm saying? Because see, the, reformer, the Reformers say something different. You're Re- predestined to masturbate. That's the problem. <laughs> you're, you believe you're predestined to masturbate. Where I say it's a free will choice. That God can I, make you holy think, enough to where you never have to do that. I think we that. just figured this thing out. <laughs> Because I can tell you that's the difference. That's exactly where I was going. Yeah. That the reform thought is, look, man, you can't under your own power yeah. fix your sexuality. And I'm not saying under your own power. Let me back. I'll back it up and agree with Even you. Even with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's, oh that's, that's not what the power of the Holy Spirit's doing is bringing us to physical perfection or piety. He's redeeming the soul, right? He is redeeming the soul, correct. So we're going to be sinners still. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what you think. <laughs> I love it. I believe. Fair I, enough. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. So that is. So let's switch gears because I think we. I think we got to the crux of the theological issue there. Sure. Wesleyans, <laughs> holy enough not to holiness, masturbate. baby. That's what somebody. We're that's you. the name of this. That's the actual title of this episode now. Holy enough not to masturbate. That's good. It's gonna be. So I'm good. good with that. Okay. So let's shift gears. Um, now we have another problem. A legitimate problem now that's going to take shape in our lifetimes that hasn't happened before. Okay? So here's the next problem. You got a couple comes to the church. They're gay. They've been married for 20 years, which is now new. But this is down the road. Okay? Hypothetical. They own a house together. They have kids together. They got a dog. It's named Spot. All right? And they actually come to your services. They don't know. They haven't heard about this whole thing about Christianity. They haven't heard what what typically the homosexual community would call the 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 clobber verses, right? And so they haven't heard any of this, 
right? And so they come in, they hear the gospel from you, they receive Christ, they receive the gospel, okay? And then they come to you and they say, oh my gosh, we've, we're not, we, now through the exposure to scripture, we're hearing that homosexuality, our relationship is somehow flawed and wrong. What do we do? What do you do, pastor? As a Wesleyan pastor? <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Well, I mean, what do you do at that point? Yeah. I, um, I, I, number one, I walk through that kind, whatever those conversations look like in love with them, I think, in, in understanding this is not a quick fix. Right. <laughs> um, I would encourage them in their relationship with Christ to be seeking him, scripture, and and to live by the convictions of the Holy Spirit that is now within them for 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 what comes next. I think it would be unfair and unwise in that situation to look at two people in that scenario who've built and life together. Who've built this life together. Even if my personal opinion is separate, get out of sin. Right. That might be my personal opinion. But I think pastorally, right. I have to allow them. For, I can't put that conviction on them in that way. Number one, it won't work. So it has to be kind of Holy Spirit-led. They're going to run and go to the next church that's going to accept them and tell right. them they don't even have to change a thing. Right. Um, so I foster the relationship that I can with these people and walk through that, I think, navigate through that with them pastorally. Okay. Fair enough. What do you think, Eric? That's a terrible question. That's <laughs> brutal. Where did you come up with that? What a, I mean, is that, but it, that's going to happen in our lifetime. Oh, no, absolutely it is. That's our, our new reality. I'm going to have to just defer. And Assuming that you're still doing local church work yeah. and that you're pastoring a church or you're on staff at a church, which I think is probably a given. Ooh, throw in some adopted kids. <laughs> no, absolutely. I did. I, did. I threw kids. in kids. They had some yeah. kids. So you would it. be They'd, breaking up a family. You'd be breaking up a family. Yeah. How would you explain it to the kids? Yeah. That all they've known is this environment and they've known it to be loving. Yeah. You know? So what do you say? I mean, yeah, I, I'll, come on. I mean, my goodness, that that's like a that's a gut shot out of nowhere. I mean, I I, I think what you said, it, there's a lot of validity to, validity to that. Like even your own personal opinion at that point in time, you know. With uh, I mean, I see that I see this as the battle that we're getting into. It's people that are against gay adoption and stuff like that. So you're just gonna leave kids and you know without parents and, and this and that. And um, I, for, for lack of better things and, and nothing else to say, I think this is one of those areas where it's just easier to say, I don't know. I, I don't know. You, we sit down to this. I, ho I hope this. I hope we have enough of these conversations that 20 years from now. We know. Prepared. We know. Like, I mean, that's, that, that is legitimately – what is important about this is that these conversations have to go from just here and they have to go into our homes. They have to go into our communities. They have to, like, we have to know that this is the world. This is the world we've always been living in. We just can't hide from it anymore. We just have to confront it now. We just have to figure out how do we navigate these waters. And look, 
this is this is my personal way without throwing myself under the bus too much. This is this is the way that I've decided I'm going to deal with all the hard issues that I don't see as black and white. And I'm and and I can already tell there's probably some conservatives in the church that are going to come and talk to me, but I I've determined in my own heart I'm always going to lean towards love and acceptance and have Jesus say to me one day, "Man, you love too much. Yeah, you loved them. Too- <laughs> Seriously, you love too much. Then, then how could you close the door on those people? Like, like, did, like at some point, was it not clear? Start, you do have to start playing the odds at some point and go, I got to stand before God with what I'm going to say. No, to when, when, when you're talking about a family and now you're involving kids, like I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this. I think Jesus is, well, I know this Jesus himself. All right. Now we can say scripture. But Jesus himself, his statements would be far greater for the treatment of children than homosexuality. What are, what are, Je- what are Jesus' personal statements on homosexuality? But his statements on children and Ooh. how we treat children. Fair. Uh, fair. I don't know if it's fair. But, fair. but regardless of that, what are, what are his statements on children? I mean, Jesus right. is telling you, like, look, like, bro, you probably should go. Oh, this is the this is the Mike version. You know, you should probably just go out in the ocean, tie a big old rock around your neck and yeah. jump in. Like, so I think if you're going to talk about that conversation about a family coming in and, and you were to tell them to that they need to separate, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to. I don't yeah, want to break up a family personally. Not. Not from. I, and I don't believe this to be hypothetical. I believe this to be currently happening. Right. I know couples have been homosexual couples have been together more than twenty years, and I know homosexuals with with kids who raise kids, raise a family. So I don't think this is hypothetical. I think this no. is happening, and it's going to happening now because of the changes in the laws. It's going to happen at much more rapid pace. Yeah. I, I mean, to back up to that, I guess was. Back up to theologically a little bit to holiness. Okay. Not to Wesley. Listen. listen, (laughs) I mean, it goes back to holiness. Listen, listen. I I think I need it because I don't want to. I think the redemptive, the redemptiveness and holiness is there. So, so sometimes you hear holiness and it's like, it is that piety or it's that, I mean, borderline self-righteousness. You look at legalism to try to get there and all that. I think the holiness is from the inside out. It's the transforming presence of Christ in that couple. So my faith would be put, if this is a legitimate uh, rebirth, spiritual rebirth in this couple, that the Holy Spirit would do a work in them and that family towards redemption. So I don't have the fear of... Now I have to fix the situation that you brought to me because it's it's a mess and what what do I do? I just want to be there to love people in that process of what what God is going to do. Um so it does revolve around the holiness concept because if that if they have been truly born again um and I think that Christ would say I don't condemn you but go and sin no more. And I, that's, that's important. I think that's important to remember that the, that the heart is, I don't condemn you now go sin no more. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not a either or. So the love and the acceptance and the grace, I think needs to be there to give this environment where people can experience the love of God in a community 
where God is going to do some amazing things in, in their souls. Mm. Yeah. I, th- I struggle because I think the great challenge is, right, think about navigating the conversations. It, the, the great challenge with, okay, so take homosexuality out of it for a moment. Just talk about, like, if you're dealing with any person who is, it's not sexuality, that's a sin, it's any sin, right? People, when they come to faith, part of coming to faith is recognizing your need. Part of recognizing your need is recognizing your sin. You need a savior, yeah. right? I mean, it's part of the deal. Um, but for a homosexual in these scenarios, a, a lot of the conversion experience is deeply dependent upon the willingness to confront sin. Right. But the challenge there is navigating through all of the active sin versus result of sin issues that create hom- that create sexuality for everyone, not just for the homosexual, but for everyone, mm-hmm. right? That is so messy and such a challenging conversation to navigate that I think for most, I think for most pastors, it's easier just to do one of two things, to go, God hates the sin and loves the sinner. I love you too. Give it up and you can come to Jesus. Hmm. Or come to Jesus and give it up. Either way. Or the other side, which is we're just going to be totally accepting of it and we're not even going to – because it's too tough to talk about. So just like move on down the road. We'll ordain you. We're good. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like these two extremes and no one's willing to have the the muddy, difficult conversation. That's that's the problem is people that that don't want to get involved in the mess. Yeah. They'd rather dismiss it or say it's not even a mess. Yeah. They'd rather not have it in their churches. Like, let's just keep it out yeah. there. You know what I'm saying? They'd rather have them have a separate church. Um, or let's bring it in and, and call it not not sin. Right. Yeah. It's so crazy. There you go. All right. Big thanks to my Wesleyan brother and my brother from FCA. Uh, not representing FCA today, just representing myself. <laughs> uh, disclaimer, 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 disclaimer. Disclaimer. Oh, man, so good. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll talk again soon. Love you guys, mean it.